This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. WBUR Podcasts, Boston. It's the end of summer in 2022, and Amory and I are out in the woods again, baby, making mischief. Yeah, even a no trespassing sign that's never stopped us before. That's true. <laughs> For better or worse. Mm-hmm. But we're not alone. Our colleague and producer, Megan Cattell, is leading us through the tall grass surrounding a house just off a road in upstate New York that looks a little creepy. Okay, we're trying to find the entrance. I'm going to say this is not the place we're going for. Maybe they can tell us uh, where to go. Pretty sure it's down the hill. Uh, I think that's a security um, light. I don't think that's a... Megan is helping us search for a treasure in the woods. Which, as I was saying, was down the hill. All right, it was down the hill. Down the hill on a dirt road, we found a big, empty, dirt parking lot with a guy in it driving some heavy equipment, and he was going to help us get to our treasure in the woods, a treasure of a human named Rhea. How you doing? We're looking for Rhea. Rhea? Yeah. Straight back on the farm. Okay, cool. Straight back and on the right. On the right. She is something. She, she, yeah, just walks into the woods and comes back with... Have you ever benefited from her finds? Uh, I think she made me some couple different drinks, yeah, so I would say yes. Cool. A mushroom drink? Uh, couldn't tell you. <laughs> she gave it to me, I drank juicy, it. <laughs> juicy juice? Yeah, it could have been. What's your name? Uh, Kirk. Kirk? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for talking to us. We're oh, just... Sure. We're just here for the day, and then we'll get out of your way. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Have, Have a good day. rest of your day. For me. I, we will. We will. Okay. We'll tell her. She. We'll tell her. Kirk told us to make us a drink. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me everything that you know, Megan. So I first found Ria. During the pandemic, it was 2020, couldn't leave my house, mm-hmm. and I was getting recommended these tweets of these gorgeous harvests of this person named Rhea on Twitter who was like, I just found like this 10 pound chicken of the woods mushroom and chicken of the woods is giant mushroom and people fry it and it tastes like chicken. Can confirm it tastes like chicken. Can't confirm chicken flavor, never had chicken of the woods, but we were about to learn a lot more from Rhea who was like standing on the crest of a hill, waving to us through the sunlight like royalty or something, and greeting us with hugs. Hi. 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 
I yes. love your fanny pack. Okay. Very appropriate. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. All ready for being in the forest. I think so. We are ready, but before traipsing into the woods, we get a view of a small circle of beautiful cabins and a sprawling garden that spills down a long south-facing hill. I love your, like, your fields here. Yeah, this is... And your hoop houses and... Soulfire Farm. It's a non-profit organization for, like... Uh, food justice and of racism. Soulfire Farm's mission, among other things, is, quote, uprooting racism and seeding sovereignty in the food system. Long, hand-planted rows of Napa cabbage, green onions, and daikon, planted largely by farmers of color, will be turned into kimchi and delivered for free to people in Albany and Troy, New York. Ria, who is from Indonesia, is part of this program. You've probably heard of farm shares or community-supported agriculture, CSAs that you can pay into to get some of the fruit of the land. Well, this is called a solidarity share. We have, like, um, I think 25 households, and then there's many, like, at our community, like, uh, um, fruit, uh, free fruit, fridge, Albany, and mm. this, yeah. This. I was in um, uh, Hudson recently at a restaurant, and there was a refrigerator yeah, yeah. Uh, out with, like, a bunch of food in it for people to take if they wanted to. So yeah. is it that kind of thing? Yes, yes. I think I think it's it's like that. So we always have extra especially like this time of year we harvest a lot of food and and we just like learn and how to invite the community and cook, make kimchi together in this kitchen and then we deliver the kimchi to people like who need it for their long year winter probi- probiotic food, something like that. So <laughs> Yeah, that's what part of part of my job. This is very cool. But it's not really why we're here to meet Ria. We came here to find a treasure of a human in the woods who is going to teach us about finding treasure in the woods. Specifically, mushroom treasure, which is part of a huge explosion of foraging that has been happening across the US in recent years. It got a real boost during the pandemic, and it's still going strong. It's also part of a palpable and growing interest among younger generations to get back to the land, baby. Today, a glimpse of the foraging movement online and off the beaten path. And a glimpse of maybe some treasure in the woods? Something delicious? Like oyster mushrooms? The one that, like, grow on the wild, it tastes like has umami, fruity sweetness to it. And, like, when you caramelize it, it's just so good. Especially if you're vegan. I like, never make... thought my mouth would water yeah, from a mushroom. I love making, but, like, oyster yeah. bun me sandwich. Ooh. Oh, my God. It's so good. Amory's very excited. Either? Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, we should, no, yeah, we should go foraging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Amory's like, I'm hungry. Let's go. I have, <laughs> no, I, just, right I have so many questions, but I feel like yeah. we can ask them along the way. Yeah. So yes, yeah. yes. Into the woods. Okay. <laughs> Amory heard <laughs> oyster mushroom bun me, and she just right. ran into the woods. We never <laughs> saw her again after. After that, <laughs> she died happy among the mushrooms. <laughs> I'm Ben Brock Johnson, and nobody's gonna die among the mushrooms. Not today. As long as you follow those safety guidelines. And I'm Amory Sievertson, and you are listening to Endless Thread, 
We're coming to you from a lush forest in upstate New York for WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Today's episode, Treasure in the Woods. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. So when our producer Megan discovered Rhea during the height of the pandemic, it was through Rhea's Twitter and Instagram profiles, full of videos of how to pickle all kinds of things that could last through the winter. It was, well, organic. And how it's going to last through the whole winter. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I um, and people were commenting things like, I want to learn how to do that. I want to, like, forage, too. But Megan was part of a huge trend. Remember cottagecore, Amory? Oh, yeah. All those puffy dresses advertised to me on Instagram. Milkmaid vibes, escapism. I think Soulfire Farm is more cabincore, but what do I know? I, I believe you. Well, this is all part of this return to nature trend among younger generations. And it's been happening for years now. When Megan was watching Rhea pickle things in 2021, the TikTok hashtag foraging had about 15 million views. Two years later, it has 10 times that many, 150 million. And it's intersecting with rising trends in veganism and also a renewed interest in farming and reconnecting with natural spaces. I don't love this turn of phrase, but I do love this for humanity, I have to say. Samesies. And there's this horde of foraging influencers growing on Instagram and TikTok. The foraging subreddit now has 600,000 users, Amory. Also, it's in the top 1% of communities on Reddit right now. There's not going to be anything left to forage pretty soon. <laughs> and part of the <laughs> reason be picked there's... over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And part of the reason there's so much content about this is that there's a lot to learn about foraging mushrooms and other plants, which is why we're going out into the woods with someone who knows what she's doing. Also, someone who has a very particular approach. To me, uh, foraging is like 
something that a nature, a matter nature, give to you if they allow you to find it. Ooh, I like that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Ria came to the U.S. from Indonesia in 2017. Uh, so I grew up in a village, a very, very rural village, where everyone grow their own food. My family is a fisherman, oh. and then my mom is an herbalist, so she grow medicine and also grow her own food. But uh, like our community rely on my father to like for fish, and the other my other neighbor like do like vegetables. So I grew up in this kind of environment, but we don't call it as a work. It's just something that we do. According to Ria, her village was so small that there really wasn't such a thing as a nine-to-five job there. Your work was literally gathering food to stay alive. Want to eat chicken for dinner tomorrow? You'd better go kill one of your chickens today and start gathering herbs and making a fire. She says there's not even really an equivalent word for foraging in her language. The first time Ria saw television, she says, was when she was a senior in high school. And it was like a window into the rest of the world. And I was like, I don't want to live like this, like my father, my mom, like being in the soil. I want to work in the office, air conditioning, <laughs> and like high hills and all those things, like, you know, like what I see. She moved 12 hours away from her family's village, got an office job, high heels, meetings. She studied international relations and soft diplomacy. She worked for the UN. I was like feeling happy but not happy. I was like, okay, this is what my life goal already. Like, I look smart, but I'm not happy. And I was yeah. like, I miss my little village where I don't have to wake up like 6 a.m. and then dealing with a lot of meeting and stuff. The city felt weird to Ria. Even the supermarkets were strange. A bunch of chicken breasts all in one package, separated from the feet, the heart, and the liver. I walk in this supermarket and I was like, Oh my God, look at all this meat. It looks like a bookshelf, it's like books in a bookshelf, right? I was like, I never seen it in my life. But before Ria headed back home, her life took another big turn. She got into a relationship that brought her all the way from Indonesia to outside of Albany, New York, where it was cold. Also, her relationship ended. She didn't know anyone in this new place. She was lonely. Then, as luck would have it, Ria's neighbor down the road, who happened to be one of the co-founders of Soulfire Farm, reached out. She invited me to go dinner and then like just like know the neighbors and it's like, oh yeah, I'm a chef and things like that. We talk about and like, oh, do you want to join the team as the chef at the farm? And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally into it. And now I'm still here. Ria is now the farm-to-table manager at Soulfire Farm, and family and foraging are still very connected for her in her work. Growing up in Indonesia, gathering medicinal plants with her mother to help heal her fellow villagers, Ria takes foraging pretty seriously. So she always starts her foraging trips by setting an intention of what she's looking for and how much, and asking the forest for permission. So we pause at the tree line, and we kneel in the grass where the old stone wall is broken next to a meadow full of goldenrod. The forest, the matter nature, I'm coming here. And thank you so much for welcoming me with the peaceful of the noise of the voice of this forest. I'm coming here to collect mushroom. 
About a hundred yards into the woods, we've come upon a felled tree covered in mushrooms. Right, did we find something already? Rhea says she uses this mushroom to boost her immune system in the winter. Yes, this is Trichotel mushroom. Wow, and they're young. How do you know they're young? You see, there is no like mold grow in it, and then the spore is very white, and there's no gill. Okay. And they're very flexible. And the, the, the color of it, it looks like a turkey tail. The, yeah, yeah it totally. Does. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Rhea takes a small hooked blade knife out of her mushroom print fanny pack and starts cutting. This log is covered in turkey tail mushroom, but it's also covered in false turkey tail mushroom. There are some subtle differences. The false turkey tail is a little more purple, a little less red. This one isn't poison, but a lot of mushrooms that people might want to harvest have poisonous lookalikes, which is why it's always good to go out with someone who knows their stuff. And to start with beginner things, like things that don't have poisonous lookalike species. Do you know black trumpets? Oh my God, I love black trumpets. Those are my favorite too. Those are oh the best. Oh my God. That's what I was hoping for when we were kneeling. That's I was like, black trumpets, black trumpets. <laughs> Unfortunately, Ben's pre-foraging prayer just wasn't powerful enough. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, man. I tried. Did. Oh, yeah. well. You had an eagle eye, though. I feel like I see some oh. in the distance. Let's you go. see that on that oh, yeah. down? Oh, my God. Oh, good call, Emma. I think that's is bear tooth fungi. Come oh. in. It's like a same lion's mane. Oh, my God. Good eye. Down next to a stream, a little further into the woods, we find some lion's mane mushroom which looks sort of like if a head of cauliflower and some sea coral had a baby. Rhea says last year in this same spot, she found 10 pounds of this mushroom. I left it a little bit, assuming it will grow again maybe next year, the the mycelium. And then here we are. Yay! Here we are. Well, it's a testament to your... Philosophy that you shouldn't. Yeah, that you shouldn't take all of it. You just take oh some of it. Megan, you should get a shot of that thing. Okay. Yeah, that's. Wow. Get a shot. This is an important part of what Rhea preaches in her work as a burgeoning forager influencer. Don't just take everything you find on a foraging trip. Take what you need and leave some for the next person, or for next year. Another thing Rhea talks about a lot is how the foraging trend has some less great trends within it. People driving hundreds of miles in cars to forage. And yes, not everyone has a backyard, but if you do, don't take a big long road trip. Look at what's growing in your own immediate area. Learn about your immediate ecosystem. This is not an easy life, I would say. Like, it's not, it's a process. It's like many, like, see, like, dealing with, like, weathers, noticing everything. But the reason why I share it, because I want people to do it, too. Like, not just as a hobby, but it is the way of living to help us a sustainable life. Like, we don't need to buy produce from a big, giant supermarket. But you can grow your own food, or also you can go to farmer's market and support local farmers. Yeah, it is a little bit, you know, tricky in that way, but that's my 
I guess that's my intention when I have a social media, when I post it something, I want people to see it. This is the way of living beautiful, naturally, like, like sustainably. But it is the process. This is my life and you also can do it. Ria has her own very large garden behind a homestead she's building on land adjacent to Soul Fire Farm. And she's also cultivating shiitake mushrooms, not just foraging for fungi. Yeah, hawthorn. Yeah. It's good for heart. Mm. Get the berries and make, you can make ketchup with it. Ketchup, really? Yes. Hawthorn ketchup. Wow. And you can use, if you... So we're coming back out of the woods to Soul Fire Farm with not just turkey tail mushrooms, but a whole pile of pancake-sized shiitakes. And of course, a big old clump of lion's mane. The farm's educational orientation around farm-to-table food necessitates a pretty legit working kitchen just a few yards from its fields and hoop houses. Soul Fire brings in groups of people to work on and train on the farm every year, learning how to pasture-raise livestock, grow vegetables, fruit, and, of course, forage mushrooms and medicinal plants on the farm's 80 acres of land. Soulfire's work and programs are focused on food sovereignty, on bringing people of color into farming education, not just as workers, but as owners and operators of farms around the country and the world. With this kind of ambition for changing the world... You need a lot of facilities, and the timber frame barn that holds the kitchen, built with recycled and reclaimed insulation, is spacious and full of ingredients. It only takes a few minutes from us walking out of the woods and into the barn for Ria to start cooking. So I'm like making the couscous. They're cooking it and with just water and salt and saute this onion. In olive oil and add a little bit salt while I'm sautéing it, and then I'm adding the garlic. Onion has like very sweet, so like there you go. And with mushroom, like what we say before, we want to clean it, but we don't want to wash it with water because it consists a lot of water. And when we want to saute, we want it to be, I, I like to like in high heat the first time to reduce the water first and to like, and then later to a very low medium to keep the texture. You can tell Rhea knows her stuff because already the meal smells amazing. Some other Soul Fire Farm folks have joined us to chop veggies and hang out. Naima Pennyman is the farm's director of education and programming who has helped Ria and many other visitors get their bearings on foraging mushrooms that are delicious and not dangerous. And then another way to identify when you're not sure is to take a spore print of the mushroom, which is like a fingerprint that the, that the mushroom gives off. And you can take a cap from your harvest, go home, put it under a glass or a bowl on paper and see the spore print it drops and the color of the spores gives you yet another clue if you're like, ooh, it could be this, it could Our be that. Our meal like, of okay, mushrooms like pulled from the woods and couscous pulled from the barn kitchen shelves Beautiful. is ready. Yes, Marimakan. Thank you so much What for does that sharing. mean? 
Marimakan means let's eat. It is so good. It might taste a little bit better because, you know, we gathered some of the ingredients ourselves. It doesn't hurt. We close our time with some thoughts on what kind of mushrooms we would be if we were mushrooms. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> Lion's mane. Lion's talking. Why? Mm. They feel so delicate on the outside. And then they have this immense amount of mass and so many healing properties. I think they're beautiful to look at. Also, this younger generation's hopes for the impact of their work in the forest or in the field. So my prayer and vision in the world that I'm committed to co-creating affords all of us a sense of felt safety where we can you know, go to bed feeling safe at night, move through our day without the threat of violence. I imagine us being in reciprocity with nature, you know, not seeing her as something separate, but seeing ourselves as part of this interdependent web and that our actions are contributing to the sense of a, a shared destiny as opposed to, you know, we're going to just take what we need for ourselves and run, you know? Um, so coming back into balance, um, letting go of excess. Faria, who has been on a long journey from her hometown in Indonesia, who has had a city life and a very rural life, it seems like she has reached her own treasure in the woods. She's got a place to be, a job, she's got a daughter, and a lifestyle that fits her needs and her belief system for how to be in the world. To me, like, it just, being in community, like, feels safe, like, what I, like, echo what all Neymar says, but, like, just, like, a simple, like, everyone have their own task and responsibility. Being in the community, like, my daughter, I want her to have healthy environment. I want her to feel like, oh, spring is cool, like many flowers growing, like snow melting. It's not hot spring, you know? I want that the world for my daughter and her daughter and her granddaughter to be in this world and to feel safe. This episode was produced by Megan Cattell and me, Ben Brock Johnson. It was co-hosted by Mushroom Bon Me Freak Amory Sievertson and sound designed by consummate woodsman Paul Vikas. Our managing producer is Samata Joshi. The rest of our team includes Grace Tatter, Quincy Walters, Dean Russell, Nora Sachs, Matt Reed, and Emily Jankowski. If you've got an untold history and an unsolved mystery you want us to tell, hit us up email us endless underscore thread at wbur.org you can also find photos of this adventure and more information about soulfire farm and ria at wbur.org slash endless thread 
You should also check out our subreddit, r slash endless thread. Our show is about the blurred lines between a lion's mane and an influencer telling you to drive 300 miles. Don't do it. Just get into your backyard. Later, nerds. <laughs>